0: To another episode of Upon Further Review. Ow, 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 ow. I am Noah Genzie. And Jonesy. And we have a special guest. Who we got on the show?
1: Britta
2: Jones.
0: Yay, welcome back. My sexy ass wife. Britta (laughs) Jones.
3: Britta (laughs) Jones.
0: Welcome back. After, uh, I'm sure this was way. Lighter experience than Schindler's List that you watched with us?
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: <laughs> so very exciting. Sadly, Amy cannot be on the show, but she will be back next week. So that's exciting. But today we're going to be talking about City Lights, the Charlie Chaplin classic from 1931. That's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. I think still it's at number 11 on AFI's list. Really? Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. It's
2: it's it's quite
0: up there. So, w- what do we got? What thoughts? What did we think? I got
2: lots of thoughts, but I mean, uh, from first watch and just instinctual feels, I loved it. I fucking love Charlie Chaplin. I think um, I never really got into it cuz I don't know, growing up in, you know, the 80s and 90s silent and shit films and you're like, "Yeah, that's yeah. old school, man." But well, Getting to appreciate it for what it is and just the the beautiful craftsmanship that went into creating that film, and we'll get into it obviously. But for me, there was a lot of ch- a lot of charm throughout this entire mm-hmm. film that I was just like, it gave me good feels, you know. Like me, and my me and Bird watched it this morning, and we were just like, "Ooh, it was so amazing," you know. It was good.
1: Yeah, I um, I've only seen like maybe 30 second to 3 minute clips of Charlie Chaplin ever. So this was my first Charlie Chaplin movie and I was I I was blown away because I didn't think I would like it at all. Yeah. And it didn't even dawn on me that there wasn't really any talking or some of the I thought that that would be so boring but I was completely engaged the mm. entire time and laughed and you know all that kind of stuff. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, I thought, I, when it first
2: started, I was like, oh, god damn it, it's a silent film. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
0: Yeah, um, you, had a,
2: you had, like, already in your mind, you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Well, just as it
0: started, uh, I wanted to go in fresh, so sure. I didn't even look up any of the trivia or anything until afterwards. Uh, oh, cool. I just wanted to go in just straight up, you know, fresh, mm-hmm. and I was and? like, uh, silent film, but I loved it. I yeah. thought it was great. And actually, I'd never heard of this film before, but the boxing Seen I'd seen before. Right. That was
2: one of the clips. And he's of done that at Charlie couple Chaplin. Of times. That's actually like a staple of Charlie Chaplin. Like he's done those in a couple of films. Has he? Yeah, the mm-hmm. boxing scenario. So but that's that specific
0: one I've you know, that's the thing, the clip that I've seen before. Yeah. And it was so fun. That was oh. probably my favorite part. It is. is when he's behind the Oh the my god. Artificial. All
1: that physical comedy uh-huh. and the timing and everything was amazing.
0: But it was interesting. I, f- I because I found the physical comedy in this, I think we're so used to like the Jim Carrey physical comedy or uh-huh. all that type of, I don't want to say lowbrow physical comedy, but just like the the derp type of stuff. You know, you kind of forget that you can be physical, but also have some intelligence and thought behind it. Right. Yeah. And with Char- I mean, granted, the first, the statue thing was kind of the dumb physical comedy, but with the other stuff, there was a lot of... But that was little... introducing the character, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right.
2: this is a character that has been... In the Charlie Chaplin canon, for mm. you know, yeah, I think he's. I think I said like forty movies had the Tramp character exactly in cartoons and all types of yeah. stuff in there. And I think right away in the way that he, they introduced, you know, the Tramp is perfect. Yeah, because you understand who he is, even if you've never seen that character before in your life, yeah. you have a firm understanding of who that character is just from that little mm. three minute scene. So I loved how they opened it. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot of intelligence behind a lot of his like jokes and things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's actually something that we can get into some of the history and stuff Let's later. Do it. Okay, well, I'll get into it now. So um, I was looking up in between charliechaplin.com and um, where else did I look? I'll tell you guys later. But basically, that um, at the time that this movie was made, talkies were out like that was yeah. the thing yeah. right and so
2: 1927 had the jazz singer which yeah. introduced the music into our our film
1: yeah world and so but he had realized this tramp character because he had had so many films with it in during the silent movie era yeah. that and his audience was so wide that how do you give a voice to something that's already has its own voice in yeah. silence?
0: And he thought at the time he thought talkies were a fad. Yeah. Like and 3D films. <laughs> They're a fad. <laughs> 3D films are a fad, though. They are. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he, he thought talkies would be like a gimmick that just mm-hmm. wouldn't stand up until when he was almost done with this. And he kind of freak the fuck out like oh yeah uh Oh. (laughs) well nobody wanted to back
1: him no nobody at all and so he ended up and he was in a super terrible time in his life he had just gotten divorced and his ex-wife was just like slashing him about all his um sexual escapades with other women and sending it to the tabloids he also was um getting hounded by the irs for like some million dollars for back taxes. And so he's in a super rough place, but really wanted to do this movie and ended up cashing out all of his own stocks and everything to finance it. Wow. And then, and everybody was like, "Eh, we'll see. Or just thought that he was done. Yeah. And so it ended up being a lot of... What he did, what brought this... What prompted my conversation is um, that he knew that it was such a big deal and he had so much of himself invested in it that a lot of his other films didn't have a hearty plot and great characters, yeah. but that this was one of the first comedies that was more plot and character driven. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, awesome. I think, why it's on this list because it is so much more than just random physical comedy it's yeah. tied with emotion and all that kind of stuff and there is an actual plot that you end up caring about
0: yeah and i think um i mean this is the 32nd episode of the show and just looking back at some of the films that we've covered already you know there's this trend with afi that uh, that some of the greatest films or some of the films they consider the greatest ever are ones where the filmmaker is Putting his all into it, like you oh, have yeah. Citizen Kane, which is
2: like everything, Orson Welles, or is like yeah. exactly all or yeah, nothing, or Frank Darabond with the uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, so Shawshank, that was like, that or was or like his signature. Yeah. This
0: is what's going to make a stamp, or this is where I determine if I'm going to leave Hollywood. Yeah, and then you have Singing in the Rain, you know, with Gene Kelly, just mm-hmm. just being the end all be all. And then you have this, where Charlie Chaplin wrote, he directed it, he composed he scored, the music, yeah, he put in 1.5 million of his own money into this, and mm-hmm. it. Took three years to make this movie, and I mean,
1: and he was super stressed. He was super stressed. He, was he would a do all the parts
0: himself. Like one of the newsboys said, he did the thing where he did the spit, like spitting the whatever it, whatever was, it was. Yeah, the spit wad at Charlie Chaplin, and then Charlie Chaplin ran to like do the reaction to it. And he said, you know, eventually he, re, you know, relinquished those parts back to the actual people he casted in. Mm-hmm. But, it, but even the kids like, I think he probably would have just done it himself if it would have made sense. Yeah. Oh was, yeah,
1: for sure. There was yeah. an interesting. He was real controlling about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but he was, demanded uh, as much as he demanded of those people, he demanded of himself. more of himself. More, Same thing so. with Jim yeah. Kelly and singing in the rain. He demanded, I mean, he was horrible to the female mm-hmm. for singing in the rain. Like he was super demanding, super like got to get the dance right. Yeah. But that's just because that's how he was for
2: himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the passion that he had for
0: the craft. It's true. It wasn't
1: yeah. like a double standard.
2: No. Yeah, exactly. Mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, they were talking because Charlie Chaplin ended up getting, who was the actress, the blind girl? What was her name? Oh,
1: yeah. So the, oh, I forget what her name is, but basically he found her at a boxing match. (laughs) And um, she was some socialite divorcee. And he was watching her and he looked like, yeah, she was 20. mm -hmm, And was looking at her, looking like, oh my gosh, she looks like she's blind, but she's she's not. She's nearsighted. And she was too vain to put glasses on. <laughs> so that's funny, yeah, so that's how they how he casted her, and it turned out that it was a terrible relationship. They oh, both totally. hated each other. Yeah. Mm. He fired her at one point, tried to hire someone he had worked with on another movie he with
0: filmed a scene with her
1: yeah, didn't work out at all. He realized this is ridiculous. I need to go back to this girl, rehired her, but then had to pay her double yep. because oh, he had been such shit. a
2: dick. On top of all the other shit he was going through. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's what did you get, Charlie. But I mean, once, I yeah,
0: once again, he was, I mean, it took him three years to make this movie. But he to your point, He held though, all the actors for 22 months. Really? So that's what a lot of that money went towards. Because He's he just, he just holding them there? Yeah, yeah. He wanted to make sure that they were available. There was
1: 190 days of actual shooting, but throughout the process, God, like script things crazy. would change. He'd have the actors just be there and nothing would happen. They'd just have to stay. Stay around. Just until hang around for like... like a whole day. Nothing would happen. Wow. And it didn't happen just once. That happened multiple times. Wow. Yeah. He's
2: like, I don't know. I just need more people. I need more people. I need, Or I need somebody there to put in there. I need, you know, to work through. I love his process, though. That makes sense why he has all that. I guess it does get expensive when you're holding that many people yeah. for so damn long.
0: And there was one scene that took, I think it was like 170 takes. Yeah. For
2: it, a shot. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the scene where he first, you know, the initial meet cue with the blind girl. That's the one. 300 takes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 300 takes before they actually got... To Before, him, he he wanted, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Before he got what he wanted. Yeah.
1: There's something to say. I think that um in that perfectionism there's there's that balance. But there is something to say for people that know what they want or are willing to discover what they want so right. hard and just stick to it and I think that that's probably part of why he was so he had such such a successful career right. yeah. was that persistence and the courage to stick by what he wanted well I think that regardless of being liked
2: well I kind of hit On that same note, you know, coming from it from my perspective as a director, it's it's beautiful to watch a guy that knows what he wants emotionally. He he knows what he wants the scene to feel like, but he doesn't know how to quite get it there, and he's willing to go through the process to just. Discover it, mm-hmm. you know. Explore it in the moment. You know what I mean. Like he has an idea of where it's going to go, but then he tweaks it a little bit, and he moves it over here, and then he changes it a little bit, and he gives the you know a gesture here, or you know a, a joke there, or something. And he doesn't he doesn't know if it's all going to come together right out of the gate. But then he feels it, and then he's like, oh, this is it, and we find it. And if, if it's three hundred takes later, it's three hundred takes later. But I think there's a lot of courage in that. Where like today, you know, you there's this. There's this need to feel, I think, at least for me as a director, like, you need to come into a place and you need to know everything. And yeah. if you don't, everybody's going to think you're a fucking schmuck, yeah. right? Eh, I, What I love about what Charlie Chaplin did is I don't think he really cared about that. I think that he just knew what what he was hoping to get, and then he just worked his ass off to find it. Yeah. You know, he kind of discovered whatever that was. Mm-hmm. So I really applaud that process you know and he did that through like the entire movie so he was rewriting this movie as he was making it at the same exact time yeah. you know and he didn't even know what the ending was <laughs> at some point and you know he was just working the story forward and retrying things out and be like well this fits better than this did and let's reshoot it this way or let's do it that way you know what i mean there wasn't it was a very organic process it seemed
1: yeah i think it was um this was actually one of the few se- movies that i guess he figured out the ending fairly early but how to get there
3: was, hard, was yeah. the hard
1: part and actually the whole story was going to start out that the it was his character was the blind man and he like had a, blind a daughter clown or something right yeah a blind clown, with the he daughter was like, oh, and that was going to be the original movie and then somehow it just ended up morphing into something else which was part of why he, probably why some people didn't want to back him because they knew that his process took a long time. Yeah. And it was expensive, but it paid off like crazy.
2: But you also got to understand where the time was right then with making a movie like this where the big businesses were kind of running Wall Street and it flooded out a lot of poor Americans, yeah, you know, and what Charlie, this whole movie takes place in both of those hemispheres, you know, Um, and he kind of shines a a light on the um, aristocratic type of society as well as kind of the poor, the poor society that's, you know, selling flowers versus a guy that says, here, take my Rolls Royce for free, who cares, you know? Um, And the rich was not happy. (laughs) Exactly. He He, met that dude when he was trying to kill himself. Right. And I think that... To me, the reason why people at the time because think of his financiers. They're, if the, he's getting financed for a million dollar movie at that time, they're probably the aristocrat type yeah. of you know socialite. They, they don't light want shown. that light shine on them. Exactly. So I think he had a really hard time probably finding funding because of the the things that he chose to talk about throughout this entire film. Mm. You know. Yeah. What yeah. do we think of the the
0: characters? Even it's silent film, I mean, but I felt like they were pretty, pretty apparent what they were supposed to be.
2: Totally. Um, You know, I was I, I looked over at bird and I was just like, you know, what's really nice about this is you watch movies right now, especially when you're writing them. You know, you have this this need to like, well, I need to close all the loops. Yeah, I need to close all of them. Um, or you need to pay something off. If you have a character, there needs to be a payoff for that character. You or know, an arc or an arc arc whatever, or, yeah, or whatever. To be honest with you, I mean the fucking the the eccentric millionaire, right? Because uh, he didn't really have a name. Which is, I love the titles, by the way, in the very beginning of the yeah. film. Yeah, all the names are like the blind girl, the eccentric millionaire, the boxer. You know, <laughs> his
1: his butler. <laughs>
2: uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, Not
1: even like millionaire's butler. His
2: butler. His butler. Um. But the, uh, that character didn't really have an arc. Nothing. He, you know, he got saved by, by the tramp. Um, and then throughout the entire movie, he's refuting him, refuting him, and then getting drunk and being like, hey, buddy. You know what I mean? Obviously showing you know, the, the social dichotomy between that lifestyle. Uh, and by the very end of it, he's the guy that puts him in jail <laughs> you know, for stealing um, because he doesn't want to be associated with a tramp. Right. You get what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there wasn't really any closure with any of that. He didn't get his comeuppance. The guy still st- uh, stayed the way that he was, and it was what it was. We, we, we never got closure with the robbers. We never got closure with a couple of characters we never got closure with. But you know what? I really didn't care. Yeah. Because the one pe- person that we kind of got closure with, which I'm kind of debating. I'm, I'm curious on what your guys' thoughts is when we get there on the ending shots. But... um. The only thing that I really cared about it was that him and the the girl got closure, mm-hmm. and that was it. I do like that they had some magical elixir to cure blindness, though.
0: Well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> that's what LASIK yeah. is. It's a beverage. Uh, <laughs> got it. You pay like five thousand dollars, and they're you like, "Drink this stuff." Here you go. This is actually crystal clear Pepsi. Got it. But <laughs> I thought it was You're green. not supposed to Isn't know.
2: elixir green? You know. Sometimes that's what I always felt. It's
0: like that's potion. pretty funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I didn't even think it's about surge. that okay I'm it's such a dumb movie Pepsi. watcher it's surge. <laughs> yeah it's, it's slurm it's slurm
1: <laughs> such a dumb movie watcher I was like, oh, they have a cure for blindness that's cool <laughs> oh good for her I didn't think like oh how convenient <laughs> Irony, but though, I guess in- that's because I just I became so engrossed in the story I suspended my disbelief so yeah, hard because
2: yeah. like, it doesn't really matter that no, much. All you care is that that as the tramp is willing to fight. For that woman, Literally. whether she sees it or not, which is a kind of an interesting theme that yeah. was going through that entire film.
1: Well, and I think too because the it almost has just because of I think some of the physical comedy and the situational comedy that it almost has a fanciful feel. Oh, yeah. yeah, that totally. it's so easy to suspend that disbelief. Right. It's very
2: whimsical too. At the it
0: same is, time. is
1: totally like when he's
0: talking to the mannequin and the floor uh-huh. behind him keeps opening up. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: Um, talking about the characters though. I didn't first i I felt like they were all the character. Like never for a moment was I like, oh that actor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't I couldn't separate the people from their character. I never saw anything like that, which was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the what I what I don't always catch in. like in our normal movies that I think that I caught because it's a silent movie is all those beautiful, subtle expressions that they make or subtle gestures or those little details. Those
2: are amazing throughout this entire film. There were like little nuggets of uh, gold throughout this entire film. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, kind of going back to like the little subtlety of gestures in a silent film, how the girl finds out that her grandmother is, has been crying because she, she can't... She felt her face. She can't pay rent. Exactly. She felt her face. And it was so subtle because you kind of... You you forget it for a second and then she feels a face and then the grandmother, you know, you, it, it's not thrown at you. Yeah, and, You know? And I think he does that throughout that entire fucking mm-hmm. movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Just all the little... Like, uh, there was... There's so many funny little things like when he was a worker, he ha- his hat was crooked. But uh-huh. if you looked at everyone else's, it was straight on. So it like put him in that position or um, <laughs> thought it was funny as he's picking up the shit and an elephant walks by randomly. Where'd the elephant come from? But like he's going to have to pick There's that up. And just an like elephant. the no look. look. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We're just going to put an elephant in here. Like what's another thousand bajillion dollars yeah, for that? exactly. <laughs>
0: For that one shot that I'll never see ever again.
1: Yeah, but they did have some funny little things. Or in the boxing match, the guy that knocked everybody out, Gary caught and he had to rewind it for me. But when he comes, when the boxer first comes out, there's a guy that's standing on the sidelines yelling or whatever, and the guy just walks by and knocks him out. So then, <laughs> when so when fast. the fight is over and the winner comes down, that same guy is there and he sees him and he runs away. That's
2: funny. I didn't it's notice really that. Funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. very subtle, small little details throughout the entire thing.
1: Well, although in terms of continuity, they did that. But in the beginning, when they were doing the like the statue Presenting unveiling statue. yeah the microphone was there and the characters were nowhere near the microphone nope.
0: <laughs> right right <laughs> and the little sound that they were making of, of the kazoo it was a uh-huh. kazoo well that was charlie chaplin right it was him recording that
2: right
1: not surprising at all
2: yeah yeah well, it was well, kind of like his like his smack to um, film with sound with talkies with talkies. Yeah, they didn't. He didn't want a speech being given, so he kind
0: Cause of
1: because it's boring, right? And kind of to go
2: back to your other point about not
0: having to tie up loose ends or things like that. Also, not having to have the perfect script, right? You know, or it's like you're just seeing people talking and. As an audience member, you're like, oh, this is on the unveiling of a of you know the sculpture. Mm-hmm. I have an idea of what that person would be saying.
2: Mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. don't have to. You just kind of know. Yeah, and I think yeah. Charlie Chaplin knew that. Charlie Chaplin knew that people that are going to sit in the theaters were going to create their own speech in their head of what they thought that moment was going to. You didn't have yeah. to. He didn't you have to do have the work to, like, to do that. Feed it to people, right? Like you know. Yeah, I agree. He didn't spoon feed anybody mm-hmm. throughout this whole time, and that was, you know, to be honest with you, that was one of my my offs for watching some of these older films originally because I'm just like they're gonna be they're gonna play to children. Yeah, you almost much. feel like they're gonna be
0: caricatures. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't really mm-hmm. care
2: about that stuff. But then when when I sat down and really watched it, I I realized how ignorant <laughs> I was, and I was very very happy to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was a lot of really great. Things that were were being shown, and the subtleties, and the and the craft, and the acting, and you know the music, and Jesus Christ, those set pieces for the 1930s—it was yeah. amazing to see America filmed like that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those weren't painted scenes; those are that was the city. That's what America looked like in 1931. You know, I
1: didn't even realize that. Isn't
2: that crazy? I didn't
1: even—it didn't occur to me.
2: Yeah, those were all you know outside exterior shots being done.
1: That's cool. Yeah,
2: so it it was it was it was nice. It was it was really refreshing to see. And that I felt in like cinema. the same
0: thing with you, uh, where I just felt like they'd be having to be super theatrical in mm-hmm. their presentations. You know, I mean, like staged. Yeah, try vaudevillian. If you will. convey emotions and convey plots and things like that, because there's not like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just you have to have it. that stuff. I assume they're going to be Nathan Laning the whole thing, <laughs> right? You know, and. <laughs> And they didn't. I mean, it was uh, there was a lot of subtlety, even in his slapstick kind of goofy stuff. there's still a lot of subtlety to it. Like oh, I yeah. loved him trying to be endearing to the new boxer that he was going to fight. Oh, yeah, that uh-huh. cracked me up every time. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> he's trying to look all lovable,
1: or he goes <laughs> into the or even even and it comes across like he's hitting on yeah. him.
2: It's uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, the guy hides in the corner to put his pants down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I mean, even even too like when he's walking out to uh, the ring. He's carrying his own bucket, yep. and he walks into the ring, and he opens He's up the ropes up for, for the, everybody for his else, buddies. You, yeah. know, the, you know, his ringside, and then he sits down. It's it's just such a charming type of character mm-hmm. because of that, shaking everybody's hand. Yeah, before
0: there. the fight goes good game, down, good game, good game, good game. That'd uh-huh. be me. Yeah. Like I'm not the shit <laughs> be Nice, like to the comp- you know to the opponent, be like, good luck. <laughs> Hope you do well, buddy.
2: Fucking murder you. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Like I believe in you. It's gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy though. Reach for the stars, buddy. Yeah, but just just don't
1: hit me too hard. Just
0: just not all in the face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mid mid uh, round, it's like you're doing really good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm so proud of you. So proud. (laughs) You're doing really good. You've made it three rounds. Good job.
2: You take him. You take him to the distance, and then you just knock him out with one punch yeah. by the very end of it. And you are like, "You did good, yeah, but you did great. Don't give up. Don't give
0: up. <laughs> Remember, this is how Rocky one ended. Oh, that's, fun. <laughs> 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 that's so true. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. But no, uh, what like what do we think of the structure of this? Of this? Of the storytelling? Of The story of
2: the oh. film. It was pretty tight, right? I Dude, mean, yeah. I mean, even. There's certain things that I didn't even catch that I had to go back and kind of see. Um, like, the, again, when it came down to the meat cute right? He just went through a, um, you know Rolls-Royce to get to the other side just to make a shortcut. He wasn't even thinking about anything. But as soon as that door closed and that Rolls-Royce, the girl, uh, the blind girl's character... Assumed he was assumes rich. Assumed he was rich. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in a very simple moment, within seconds... We as the audience understand that this girl thinks he's rich, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to play the gentleman in the moment. Yeah. You know, because I was. Because um, she was actually treating him with respect and kindness, right.
0: and he's not used to that because he's.
2: Yeah,
3: because he's a tramp. He's a exactly. bum. He's
2: a bum. Yeah, bum. Um, I think Peter Lord, the guy that does uh, Wallace and Gromit, I was watching a documentary with him talking and breaking down Charlie Chaplin, and um, he was just he was just saying how beautiful that subtlety in that moment is, and that Charlie Chaplin's character with the tramp is an amalgamation of things. The the tramp can be anything he chooses to be, which I think is a lot of the love that comes into that character that he creates. He can be the gentleman, he can be the kid within seconds, you know, where he's opening up the door for the girl um, and then he's crawling around her to get into the car seat, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, And I think the... The duality of those type that type of character is really fun to see yeah. because you don't know which character you're gonna it's get. so in multifaceted the, in the yeah. moment. You know what I mean? You, he's very unassuming. Is he gonna be the nice one, or is he gonna be the one that actually almost knocked out that one guy? I went in the boxing match. I when he almost knocked out I thought him he was out, gonna win. Yeah, 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 I was like, I holy shit. Or I, when it first started, I thought he was gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah. But oh, then yeah. and then he showed up, you know what I mean? And he he became the boxer for yeah. a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, so I think for me that was one of the exciting things because I didn't know what character. Character was going to show up in the scene, yeah. and it was always going to be different. Um, but it was always the tramp. But it was always yeah, he was always was him. Fit him exactly, right? Um, as a structural standpoint, I to be honest with you, I feel like the movie was pretty on point. I mean, certain characters are obviously for plot yeah. purposes, you know, to kind of be there, like you know the the drunk, uh, you know, millionaire, or you know the boxing guys, or the grandmother, and things like that. I think from a, from a structural perspective, it was pretty tight. You know, I didn't see anything weird. The only thing for me that I thought um, was uh, questioning. I don't know. Not, not bad questioning, but I was curious because the last moment, the last beat of the film, we have the girl realizing that the tramp is the guy that's kind of helped her out. But in a weird way, I don't know if I feel like she would actually, like they would actually set off into the sunset after right. that moment. You I, don't know? Think so. I don't think so either, right? Because I feel like in some weird way she's kind of disappointed that it was the tramp instead of some millionaire. Which made me sad for the tramp. And then I was like, that dirty bitch. That gold digger, that son of a bitch. He gave you your eyesight, yeah, and you have no idea the work that he did to get you to wear that to get you that.
1: But maybe that's also part of the commentary, the social commentary that he provided with this film,
2: and that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, and I, I, I for me, I kind of I want to feel like they do not get together. I I don't think they I, do. I don't I was, think
1: so. I think she probably was real appreciated. Sad saddened because this love she had in her mind wasn't what it wasn't reality and he was of course disappointed and heartbroken because he always knew who she was
0: yeah and it's just um, but he kind of was misleading to her
1: too oh absolutely and but because of the the social structure yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't been given a chance or develop that relationship at all
2: but I mean, we end on a frame of him in this like nervous, you know, he's kind of biting his nails and he's just in this like really cute position of almost like childlike position. Totally. By the very end of this thing, almost kind of like, that was a fun game, you yeah. know? Um,
1: or even like, are you going to like, I hope you choose me. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do you like I know me you're now? not
1: going to, but. He's
2: like,
3: eh? Yeah, right. Oh,
1: totally. Totally.
2: <laughs> like, eh? Okay. Um, one of the interesting plot things for me, though, is in the newspaper, it reads, uh, you know, eyesight, you know, cure for blindness, free for poor people. But yet he had to pay, you know, $400 or whatever it was for her to get her eyes done. Did you guys catch that? Mm-mm. On yes. the newspaper, it literally I said, did. free for poor people? Free for poor it people. It did. You know, to where he probably, she she could have gotten it fixed regardless, but then probably. he chose to go through the... The effort of giving her the dough. Yeah. Well, now
0: they're not going to get those eviction letters because they're good for For weeks. 20 20 months
2: or whatever. However long, $22 lasts you. What I do like, though, is that we didn't just re-see her as the flower girl back on the stoop. Yeah, She took the same money and she invested it in making a bigger flower shop, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice Or to because
1: make. now she's not disabled she has an opportunity for life.
2: For life. There there you go. That's uh, even better. That's
1: actually how I saw it. Yeah, like, that makes sense too. Oh, now she's not disabled. Somehow now she can have a shot.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dicks. Um, <laughs> you bunch of bitches. I even like in the scene too where he's giving her that money that he basically quote unquote stole obviously yeah. been given but um I really love that he even saved money for himself and put it in his pocket and then gave her the vast majority of it but he's so smitten by this girl by the very end of that that scene that he pulls that last buck out of his pocket and gives it to her anyway and i'm like that's pretty cool
1: what do you think about structure
0: uh i thought it was i thought it was pretty tight um you know with i i guess i'm just not very versed in silent film whatsoever except for mel brooks silent film Uh uh-huh um, which was obviously a, a, a spoof on all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you seen it? Yeah. No. Oh, it's so funny. It's you. If you like Charlie Chapman, you'll like Mel Brooks films. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that did like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. Oh, okay. And he okay. had a movie Clementine called Tines Silent Movie. And, oh. and it was a silent <laughs> film with a lot of his same mm-hmm. actors and everything. And How fun. It's super fun. Okay, um, cool. Very witty. But other than that, I mean, that was my only experience with silent film. Uh, but with this, I thought the structure was pretty tight. I felt the second act had a lot of, you know, I don't want to say side stories, but it kind of went on little tangents that all uh-huh. found ways to come back to, come back, to the main right. story. Actually, I
1: that's a I didn't know how to put it, but I felt the same in the beginning. I was with it, everything. And then somewhere in the middle, it got felt like disjointed or like the edits or something wasn't quite smooth Mm -hmm. and um but then they did but by the end i was like all tied in and so in reflecting i'm like well that had that purpose and that had that purpose but that middle section did feel a little off
0: yeah it felt like he was spending a lot of time cementing your view of what the tramp was Mm -hmm. um and i felt like it was I don't even know how to describe it. It it stepped away from plot to like paint this person.
2: Right. Well, that I mean, you know, if you're looking at it from like your quintessential story structure, right? Like the ordinary world, he wanted to get you comfortable with what the world was like and how people react to him as a human being. We need – without dialogue and language, we can't – understand how people are going to interact with him unless we show physical mm-hmm. ways of doing that so the first act for me at least in the first opening scenes we're really establishing how the kind of world sees the tramp right out of the gate and then he gets introduced to you know with the inciting incident getting introduced to the girl and then the act one is where he saves the um, the millionaire from committing suicide you know and then yeah I'd say that that's probably step, you know the, I mean? the, the end of act one is where he where saves he sees the millionaire the, mm-hmm.
0: exactly and um, then act two is I mean because I felt the first and third act were a lot shorter than what were conditioned to know. Yeah. To know. Yeah. And then the second act was a lot longer. Long, yeah, totally. Super long. Mm-hmm. So I think from a structure or it standpoint. it just felt
2: long too. I don't know.
0: Well, I just felt like the first and third act were pretty abbreviated. Mm-hmm. Um Because yeah. even even with uh, her finding out about the money, about needing the money and everything like that, it was kind of like not even the end of the second act. You know, it yeah, was like I a mean. midpoint. Yeah, so it just—it was a little bit different than the structure we're told we the ones the structure that like we're hired to write. Yeah, you know, it's just it's very it's very different. But I mean, it sets it apart. And I saw and you still have that. Like I I just this week saw the Hateful Eight. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I hadn't seen it yet, and that just is like oh, structure. Fuck you, structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, has his own structure. There is no structure. But there was structure more to Glorious Bastards and uh, Django. I thought that structure was relatively yeah. tight. Right. Really? Yeah. Whereas this one just went out for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't either. We should do, I, a, we should do a mini on it. Yeah. Because I, I have my thoughts, too. But yeah. Not. I just I felt like it felt kind of uh, what's the what's the word? Indulgent. <laughs> on his Gwen part
2: Quentin indulgent
0: but
1: you know but, he, but indulgent but to a point that it's not enjoyable right
0: yeah like he's always been indulgent and but that's
1: part of what we generally love but right, right. and there's typical far.
0: structure to his indulgence right <laughs> whereas it's like mm, I'm just gonna let people talk for fucking ever which <laughs> is and which is I interesting give, to I just though.
1: didn't care about those characters at all yeah.
2: well which is interesting because in all honesty Charlie Chaplin was very much indulgent as well I mean look at some of the slapsticky scenes that he creates but, but Not in the way that takes us out of the moment.
1: Well, it wasn't an I cared about the character. Yeah. So I would, and I think that. In other Quentin Tarantino films, I care yeah. often about the character, and so mm-hmm. you could be as indulgent as you want because I love or I root for because it's or a I catering hate that type of cater. Yeah, so. I hate or love those characters, but in *Hateful Eight, I didn't give two shits about Any one. one of them. Nope. I see. And Nobody. so it just was, went on forever about people I didn't care about. Yeah. I think for me, it was just one of those things where I was just like,
2: "Well, I just want to see how everybody's gonna die now." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I I didn't even care about that. No. So, so I, listeners, if, anything, if
0: you yeah, haven't no. seen it, all of you go to go to like 20 minutes left of the film
1: <laughs> <laughs> start,
0: start it there everything
2: else and yeah. you're good yeah yeah for the most yeah. part
0: <laughs> and i felt bad for jennifer jason lee i'm like what did she do to piss off quentin tarantino she's getting that shit, shit kicked, kicked out, out of over. her oh was that supposed to be funny
2: oh i think
1: i so. have no idea because
0: i thought it was just really off color like i just didn't I thought, oh it made
1: you uncomfortable yeah
0: i didn't like oh. it i didn't i didn't know if i was supposed to laugh or it was supposed to be like you can laugh at her. that.
1: It's okay. But
0: I didn't find <laughs> it that's funny though. Oh, oh, well, I thought it was like mean. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. that didn't bother me too anyway.
1: He was sexist that. for saying that. I, guess. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there is no right answer. I love that. You're screwed <laughs> no matter what.
0: Yeah. In Deadpool, when he's fighting the two women, he's like, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Is it sexist if I don't punch you, or is yeah. it sexist if I punch you?" <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> that's right. Depends on who you talk to.
0: But, but no, I felt. So I uh, yeah I felt like the second act the structure isn't what we're known as typical, but it made sense for character building, right? Because I think I cared about him more as the film ended and kind of invested in the character after it was done, because it didn't it left with kind of a cliffhanger like you mm-hmm. just very open ended and I feel like maybe I don't know maybe without some of those tangents in the second act maybe I wouldn't have cared as much I don't really know mm. but it definitely felt. Catering to making you more, making him more endearing. Sure. Okay. Well,
1: do you think? I don't know if you can answer this, given you know your natural way of watching movies. But do you think, as just a a viewer experiencing the movie, that it it uh, it dampened your experience to Not have at that all. long second?
0: Not at all. No? In fact, I think this would probably if if I were to t- if people wanted to watch Charlie Chaplin. Or they want to watch a silent film. I would say watch this one first.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think this sure. would be think, the
0: best entry into silent film.
1: Yeah. Sure. Although it might set their standards real high.
0: <laughs> <True>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I agree. If if you anyone is like myself, I generally don't have a beautiful appreciation for older movies. It's not always. It, I find it difficult to relate. Sure. And maybe because I'm a woman and the time was different or the stories. It doesn't matter. But I just that's not generally my preferences. And yet somehow I just loved this movie. Mm-hmm. So I think from that standpoint, it's a great intro.
2: Well, I think what it what it comes down to is like you can take this. Honestly, you can take this story and put it in 2016 and tell the same fucking story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really well, basically can. Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's very yeah, similar. Kind of. Um I think for me, though, that is, the, that is the charm of the story itself, that you're just caring about the characters more than anything else, and mm-hmm. you don't really care about, yeah, the time, and there's certain things going on or whatever, but you don't really have to have any of that background to connect to this material. Right. This is almost, what was that, 90 years ago? That movie came mm-hmm. out? 97. It was the 30s, 70, 80. It was 31. Almost, yeah. So literally almost 90 years ago. Yeah. And yet we here in 2016 are able to relate to it. Well, it's almost 100 it's, years old. Well, yeah.
0: Thank you. It's
1: it's, it's super fucking old. (laughs) 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 Thank you.
0: We needed that. Uh, But no, I mean, I I, I agree. And it's a very universal story. It's, you know, star-crossed lovers. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's Lady and the Tramp. A lot of people who aren't supposed to even socialize with each other, finding a way to find each other.
2: And I love... That throughout this entire movie, the tramp becomes the guy that is helping everybody else and never thinking about helping himself. Oh, totally.
1: I didn't even notice that.
2: He helped He helped the millionaire. So he perceptive. helped the blind girl. He even kind of tried to help the boxer at first, you know. Everything kind of goes to shit. But in all honesty, like, and I think that's, uh, you know, Charlie Chaplin's charm is that he's always, he's the hopefulness mm-hmm. for everybody throughout the entire film. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to go see more of Charlie Chaplin's films to see if that's like a theme that kind of consistently moves. Through. Comes out probably or not. with over, him over. with him playing the tramp
0: as much as he has. I'm assuming that's probably that's the is. ongoing thing. Sure, It's just he's the the lovable loser. He's the Mr. Magoo oh, of yeah. from the 20s and 30s. Right. You know, yeah, I just kind of. w one thing I didn't understand was when he was skewered by the sword in the sculpture, um. Uh-huh. when everybody started like saluting i didn't understand oh, what happened the, it was
1: like they were playing the national the anthem. anthem came on yeah that's what
0: yeah but so it was threw like me off because thing. it's just there's always music playing in silent films, so i so didn't you know didn't catch oh, that was that because they did it at the, the same time and i'm like right, is right, that see, happening in the scene or is that happening in the soundtrack
2: so yeah. it kind of i don't I, that didn't pop me, me as off interesting like i kind of felt like that was in it because the because the dramatic score changed so quickly, mm-hmm. and then you know they you know they went into the salute rather quickly, I figured <laughs> it was the music that I was playing, you know
1: yeah, it was i'm a I'm a music person, so from music, I noticed are you? yeah it well, <laughs> you know some people like love certain things, I love music, and so that was actually one of the great things about watching this silent film was. How beautifully this classical type music, yeah, um, informed so much.
0: And I think it's cool because you can then rewatch other films and have that new appreciation for the, for the music, for yeah. the soundtrack, yeah. and for the score. How because, important it is because people a lot talk of, about
1: it all the time, but. Yeah. It's very
2: hard to articulate.
1: Well, it's hard to... With so much that happens in, in our talkies today, that <laughs> there's so... You have special effects. You have the dialogue. You have the action. You have all this thing. kind of stuff that the music is, is like the... Is almost like a foundation in yeah, some it's point. For, for the for tone and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you just there's so much going on, rarely does anyone appreciate how much that does.
0: <laughs> yeah, even with uh the Revenant, I was a little upset about this, but it there wasn't enough musical score for it to be nominated for best score. Because uh-huh. of some rules or whatever, but it's like, man, if you watch that movie, the minimalistic way that the and that music was a choice playing, that they're making, exactly. You know, they made, and that I was choice. like, that should have been nominated because it was such
1: a gorgeous use of yeah, it was, yeah, it was, sound. was so yeah,
0: the, use yeah. or non-use. I mean, it was There's all very so purposeful. Yeah. yeah. And that happened in a lot, even like the big big budget movies. You look at. Uh, I can't think of the dude's name, Danny Elfman, uh-huh. who works a lot with uh, Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. You know, his music has a feel. Hans Zimmer, you know, well, um, I mean, John I Williams. F- yeah, I was about too. to say,
2: John Williams by far, you know, some of the most iconic cinematic music. Cinematic music. E.T., Indiana Jones, oh, Star Wars, yeah. Jaws, like dun dun all of the and you feel everything you can turn on indiana jones and not listen to the dialogue and just watch with the score Mm -hmm. and you feel all the excitement you feel the energy in the scene and i feel feel like all of it everybody
0: music is so ingrained in how i mean you hear the superman theme that john williams did Uh it's like fuck that's Superman. Yeah. And I feel like you, everybody knows this inside, Uh but they don't maybe know that they know it. Uh You know, they don't, they don't fully realize just how important that music is to their experience. Yeah.
1: I think that that's a lot of, um, a lot of film. Like people may know the director they, they know the actors, but there's so many Im, like incredibly important roles in a movie that go incredibly underappreciated. Like to how many way. people can name a composer yeah. or whatever, you know? or the editor like how and
0: director of photography
1: yeah like how many people can really do that but they can name like a bajillion actors Actors. and
2: because they're the face that's what sells and
0: totally it's kind of like
1: well it's like that in sports too like everybody knows the quarterback but how many people can know who the linemen are the defensive end or whatever whatever the general manager (laughs) (laughs) the guy pumping the balls
0: Um I think so Gee. the fluffer. I didn't even know that there was a fluffer for <laughs> athletes. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um but yeah, no, I think I and music is and, and with silent film it kind of highlights that where it's mm-hmm. like totally. oh shit, you know, music is really important.
2: Well, it's such a beautiful thing cuz I I really come to the the perspective after watching this Charlie Chaplin film that Film is such a visual medium. Yeah. You don't need the dialogue. Where, like, somebody like myself in my earlier career, I, I, I rooted a lot of my scenes in heavy dialogue that probably totally. didn't need to be there. And I could have done it through, they always tell you this in film schools show, don't tell, right? And, like, that is, this film is like the quintessential show, do mm-hmm. not tell, and you get every moment of it. And he worked his ass off to pantomime gestures enough to show that on the screen. But at the same time, I'm curious what it would feel like if we if he took the score out, yeah, and if we just saw Charlie Chaplin kind of doing the scene minus the score to invoke our internal like emotion based well, with on what being we're it, seeing him pantomime. Does that make sense? Yeah, but with yeah. him doing both the music and this,
0: right? Um, I almost feel like it for this film it might be the same uh, maybe. Because Actually, i was thinking
1: that too surprisingly but i
0: but for other i films, think i've already
1: developed the feel though so yeah. i don't think i could i could test this nah.
0: because but because like if you see his movement his movement matches the score right quite a bit and so he's I, the
1: composer like, right so i feel I like he probably he's watched the composer. The that's then compose crazy well, here's the
2: the thing that i read was that he had the music made before the movie was Mm. created.
1: That's right. So
2: the cool part about that is I'm kind of curious is, you know, if they did behind the scenes back then, was he playing the music? Because he was moving in a very rhythmic type of way. That matched the music.
1: And so he embodied the music because it came from him. But
0: like other films, I'd be interested to see what it's like without the tones or without the music. Yeah, actually,
1: Gary's, I I don't know if it was when you were in film school or I don't know what it was, but he went through this phase where he would Watch a movie without sound, and the, a movie he'd already seen. And I would sometimes like peek my head and not my thing. I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, they look ridiculous. <laughs> like it, it, it informs so much, at least in some of the movies that he had been watching at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. With this, I mean, you were saying you'd be interested to see how it is without the music. Without it, yeah. For me, I'm thinking I'd be interested to see other films without the dialogue. Um, Just because of, I I mean, going back to Quentin Tarantino, super dialogue heavy. Aaron Sorkin, super dialogue heavy. I would love to see some of these films to see if they even are as captivating or are as interesting. I mean, Mm. I think certain ones would be, but once again, Hateful Eight, not so much because they're just sitting, talking. But just seeing certain films, what it would be like if you got the same feel without, Having to hear the specific words, right? I, I mean, know. for me, I, a lot of people don't like Vanilla Sky. Uh-huh. I it's, I love that movie, and for me, what some...
2: Kubrick's one of his like last films, wasn't? Uh, was, no, was, was
0: Cameron, James Cameron. That was
2: Cameron Crow. Oh, Cameron Crow.
0: Uh, with Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, and Cameron oh, Dias. that's right, that's
2: right. Um, Eyes Wide Shut was the one. Was right. The, the yeah, one. Was I Kubrick. Yeah, always get those mixed up. Vanilla Sky and. <laughs> totally different
0: yeah i was know. like i, was I don't know how that
1: happened probably because of tom cruise
2: yeah but, fuck you tom cruise
0: <laughs> but that movie uh there's a scene with him and camera diaz in a car and that was like wow like that's when he became my f- favorite actor really because there's a the scene there's just very little bit of dialogue between the two of them and then all of a sudden like there's no talking and the look on his face like he had like three or four facial expressions without having to say anything oh
1: he is the king of that
0: holy shit and it was without dialogue yeah you know and so often you know we see shit where you have to hear what they're saying to know what they're thinking and it's now it's a treat versus back then
2: was the norm where it's like, you don't need the dialogue to know what's going on. Right. Yeah. There's a, it reminds me of an old uh, like story I read about uh, Harrison Ford when he first became an actor, you know, he he was going through a lot of working and kind of just, you know, doing his thing. And um, when he kind of established himself, you know, he put a lot of effort in that craft and what starts to, what he started to do was he would, break down his scripts and start throwing lines away and taking it out. because. And then what he would converse with the director is, I can do this moment here that will play even better with a look. Huh. Interesting. So he'll, he'll do a scene. And he'll say, look, look let, let's play it out like this. And he'll read it and he'll play it out and they'll act it all out. And he says, let's just do it this way and let me see what you think. And it, every time he won with just the look, just the gesture – because it hit even harder.
1: Well, he's than. another one that's so great with like I can picture in my mind like at least 3 different looks that convey different emotions that right. he's put on. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's uh I can't I can't imagine what that's like for actors to be able to embody or whatever they do a character so well that 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 look is so natural on their face. Yeah. Right. Right,
2: there's a. I saw a movie this weekend kind of staying to our theme that we're talking about right now. Nicholas and Ruffin, the guy that did like Drive and mm, mm-hmm. Bronson and shit like that. You know, I, I really... Yeah,
0: there's a new movie out. Is that the one you
2: saw? Yeah, so I went to go see Neon Demon. And I, it was really interesting to me because I really didn't know how I felt about the film when I watched it. Because to be honest with you, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. But I was realizing the uncomfortability that I was having in these moments was because a lot of it was action-based. There wasn't much actual dialogue happening it was a very slow paced film and the music was um, very agitating Mm. throughout the entire film Um, and I was just like I don't understand why I'm having these like weird feelings because I was kind of squeamish in the seat because I was like either it was my anxiousness to want to like get to the fucking next thing or i just i was trying so hard to like kind of understand it or just the juxtapositions of imagery that i'm getting to see plus the the music score that was underneath everything and i'm telling you man it is probably one of the greatest studies in like um like imagery and sound connected in like a modern day film um for me anyway the it, it's so beautifully shot for one the acting Pretty solid. Oh, um, okay. my, I mean Keanu Reeves is a little me. Um, <laughs> oh. he I didn't know he's in it. Her, yeah, I didn't I didn't either. I had no idea what I was getting into in this movie. Like I like Wind and Rough films. Um because of it's it's uh it's they're whimsical mm-hmm. in some sense. So you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit as the imagery and all that stuff. And he's very bold with his music choices. So whoever does the score in his art direction, I mean, fuck dude. It's amazing. My point with that is, it's very interesting to see a movie now trying to do something like that because I, I, think it got shitty reviews. Oh, it's super shitty. But I, I, feel that it probably got shitty reviews because no one was willing to be present with what was actually happening on the screen because we they, to be uncomfortable, to, exactly. Or we just wanted it to move forward faster mm. or whatever. It was, it was a really fucking interesting film. Mm. Just using all those components that Charlie Chaplin used in the fucking 30s, yeah, right? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah.
0: So you mentioned before the themes with uh, kind of the different social classes. Mm-hmm. Were there any others that
2: you tended to feel throughout this?
3: Mm.
2: No, I mean, I th- th- it's it was always two sides, right? You had the, the aristocrats, and then you had the the poor people i mean there was a small middle ground of people that you could see you know making bets at the boxing rings yeah and things the working like that, class the working class or whatever and then you obviously saw the burglars what i thought was interesting about the burglars though and i don't know i mean he must have made this as you know it, we know as controlling as he is th- for a 1930s film the burglars did not dress in your stereotypical burglar outfits <laughs> they were in suits they were in in spats and uh Ties and all in a jacket. They they didn't fit your quintessential like, you know, hey, kappa, I'm gonna get ya type of mentality, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I'm only curious and interesting to me was because of the time I was, you know, maybe it was a middle class that lost their job and like the little mini story that you can kind of build from that understanding mm. of the history of where we were at at the time. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. Uh, well, I, I didn't mean, even catch it. Well, the hist- when you know the history of where we were at that time, it makes sense that they were robbing this guy's house, you know, cuz he was rich and these guys probably worked on Wall Street, lost their, you know, lost their job and they're now in the gutter pretty much and they need cash and they're not going to they're not going to look like a hobo, they're not going to look like a tramp. Um and they needed, you know, they wanted to to rob this guy. I mean, that's at least maybe, maybe I'm stretching, you know, reaching a little bit here, but If you connect the dots from like a historical standpoint, I I think it made sense. I just thought it was interesting because if you look at movies back then and how they had robbers and the, you know, stereotypical, you know, beanies or, you know, Mm. eyes and striped shirts and all those types of things. Because, I mean, that's how they conveyed that stuff back then anyway. They didn't do any of those things. Oh, not at all. So that was just my assumption, though. Cool. Any themes or anything that you
0: kind of caught besides kind of the social social class Um. divide?
1: I don't. So I'm terrible about talking about themes. So I'll just I'm gonna wing it here, and I may not actually address your question.
2: <laughs>
0: That's totally okay.
1: But I think what um what was interesting and cool about this movie was it connected people as people.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: having having this high class guy bajillionaire, connecting with this tramp, or having the tramp connect with. Just all these different interactions of people together and seeing the, I mean, yeah, the class stuff comes up, but just seeing how, how people interact in general. I don't, I don't know if I'm being very articulate right now, but do you get where I'm going? Yeah. Help me out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, just with the themes, I mean, I felt like, I thought it was interesting that the wealthy weren't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you had the poor being happier than the wealthy because the poor had family, and the poor had that sense of like closeness, whereas the the wealthy, I me, mean, tried to freaking kill himself repeatedly. Yeah. repeatedly.
1: But everybody has the same needs. I think that's what yeah. my point is: is that we all have these same needs, regardless. Like we Left all class. need to eat, we all need to feel connected and loved, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But that money wasn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. The director of that.
0: Well, and even, I mean, this kind of might seem like left field, but it kind of reminded me of uh, Force Gump, where everyone was quick to discount him uh-huh. as they were with The Tramp, but yet right. both of them impacted other people's lives without posi- them realizing with, it. Without Incredibly. them realizing it, without really wanting much for themselves. Just
1: by being themselves. Right. And it's
0: like you don't have to have it all to be able to give your all. Right. You know, I thought that was kind of. Yeah,
1: to be a worthwhile human being. Yeah, it
0: was kind of interesting. Like you can whatever stage or whatever you are you can make a positive difference. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. Well, the that,
1: human spirit,
0: right? Yep. Yeah.
2: Well that's kind of interesting that you say cuz in 1972 the Oscars they basically gave Charlie Chaplin an honorary Oscar cuz he never Cause won. He never won one. Well outside outside of that, you know, he's got extradited out of the United States for doing, you know, Certainly you know, being a communist, and, yeah. Know, a lot There's of a that. lot of history that we could do a whole podcast on Fucking Charlie Chaplin Tommy. about. Um, but what I do love is um, this speech that was given, and I want to share it with you guys.
4: Humor heightens our sense of survival and preserves our sanity. These are the words of Charlie Chaplin. So are these, written over 30 years ago. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without those qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. Humor and humanity, the abiding elements of Chaplin's artistic conscience and his unparalleled talent as as actor, writer, director, producer, composer, And to quote W.C. Fields, the greatest ballet dancer that ever lived. (laughs) Chaplin made more people laugh than anyone in history, yet always. Just beneath the hilarity were the fears and sorrows of every man, so that one book about him is aptly titled Charlie Chaplin, King of Tragedy. He created an immortal character, the little tramp. A thousand writers have woven allegories around him. Here's how Chaplin described him. A tramp, a gentleman, a poet, a dreamer, a lonely fellow, always hopeful of romance and adventure. He would have you believe he is a scientist, a musician, a duke, a polo player. However, he's not above robbing a baby of its candy. And of course, if the occasion warrants it, he will kick a lady in the rear, but only in extreme anger. The world responded not only to the wondrous humor of the little tramp, but also to the love and indomitability he represents, to Chaplin's soaring theme that man's humanity to man is greater than his inhumanity.
2: So for me, that sums up a lot of this movie this movie
1: absolutely i'm like right? that's exactly what i meant to say Yeah,
2: they, <laughs> <laughs> they say it nicely you so, speak
1: my heart
2: yeah and i feel like a lot of the things that that he just talked about about charlie chaplin are very much rooted in this particular film at mm-hmm. least i mean this is the first film that i've seen of charlie chaplin yeah i'm i'm very excited to explore his other films um to witness more of that mm-hmm. especially yeah. at that time.
1: I think what was we what was so beautiful about this little snippet is it shows Charlie Chaplin comes out and accepts the award and so much is said just in his face. All these different emotions his and unco- then people are they stand up and they clap forever. Like I think there's like this is a 5 minute clip and 3 minutes of it is just uh, clapping. That's so funny. <laughs> And then he says like 10 seconds worth of words, and that's it. But the, thanks. The, 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 <laughs> thanks, guys.
2: More or less. Yeah, but he was Without fucking time. He was, yeah. he was
1: seriously speechless, and it looked like he felt so appreciated. Yet, I'm assuming this is conjecture, but um, based on his perfectionism, a bit unworthy and uncomfortable with the acknowledgement, despite the um, amazing craftsmanship yep. and what he provided to people. And it was just, it was beautiful. It's really beautiful. Look it up on YouTube. Charlie we'll, Chaplin's we'll Honorary Award, 1972 Oscars.
0: We'll add it to the description. So. There you go.
1: We'll make
0: it easy show for lazy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do some trivia. Woop, woop. Give it a trivia, son. So Orson Welles said this is his favorite movie of all time.
2: Oh, it's up there for me right now.
0: Uh, When the film opened on January 31st of 1931, Albert Einstein joined Charlie Chaplin at the theater. Cool. In fact, uh, apparently, um, he, Albert Einstein, or Charlie saw Albert Einstein cry during that final scene. And Charlie's like, I didn't realize he was so sentimental. (laughs) Um, This is Charlie Chaplin's personal favorite of his films.
2: He put so much of his heart into it. Mm. Of course he did, man. Every scene, you can see that he's worked to the bone. It is so sharp.
1: Yet at the same time, it's so, it's easy. It, easy. it feels so yeah, effortless. It's like watching like amazing dancers. Yeah. You just, they make it look so easy. The
2: craftsmanship throughout this entire thing is yeah. phenomenal.
0: Uh, he, like you said before, he reshot the scene where he's buying the flowers 342 times. Jesus
1: Holy cow.
2: Damn. Every time we say it, it gets more. Yeah. Know.
1: <laughs> 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 we all can't believe that that's true. <laughs> that's insane.
2: Uh, in
0: 2008, the film was voted number one on AFI's list over the ten best romantic comedies of all time.
2: I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't either. I don't. I mean, he.
0: I would not, as not consider this a romantic comedy.
1: comedy. I mean, I
2: understood that like he he was smitten by this girl, but I didn't really see much romanticism. No. Well, well, It was about
0: him. Sense. I felt like it was more his journey to just. Make, help somebody out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I didn't More really More than feel it was a a romance. But he
0: was helping out the rich guy too mm-hmm. to not be trying freaking kill himself all the time. Right. Um so in terms of years, this film was Charlie Chaplin's longest undertaking. It was in production for over 3 years uh from December of 2000 or <laughs> December <laughs> of 1927 to January of 1931. Wow although he only shot for 180 days. He's wow. probably off doing other stuff, too, like other films that he was just hired to be in, probably. Um, well,
2: he, he owned his own studio, so he right. was one of the first uh, real uh, tours um, where he he did everything himself, like yeah. literally everything. Uh,
0: though no footage of Georgia Hale appears in the finished film, the reconciliation scene she shot for him in Virginia Cheryl's absence has survived. So that's still somewhere. Really? For that's... when he fired Virginia, tried to shoot with uh, Georgia, didn't, uh-huh, work, didn't out. work out. So it's Hired Virginia back for twice as somewhere, much. Huh? It's somewhere. Wow. Um, one of Charlie Chaplin's most financially successful and critically acclaimed films, despite being released well into the sound era. Wow. Because he spent $1.5 million of his own money. Which is ridiculous I'm curious back how much then. money he made back though yeah I know uh, there's no
2: metrics for that stuff back then huh Mm-mm. damn um,
0: I mean it might be on box office mojo but I didn't look it up it what was. what does that
2: equate to to today's money 1.5 million to today today it would probably be 200 million 200 I would assume really yeah I would assume it would be that much because
0: that's a ridiculous amount of money for back yeah. then um the f-
2: the film was originally set in Paris.
0: Which oh, I interesting was very interesting,
4: huh?
2: You know it's really uh, a lot of the scenery in this film. I don't know if you caught it, but it reminded me a lot of um, Annie Hall in some ways. Oh, totally, right? Yeah, yeah. I was looking at some of the the set pieces, totally and the way like, that, like just walking around the, sh- and, uh-huh. the city. Yeah, in some way, I was like very this much. Is very, so. this a good feels point. very Annie Hall.
0: Uh, according to v- Virginia, Charles Chaplin was never interested in her sexually, and this is her <laughs> quote: "I was twenty. Charlie liked them younger. Oh, which is true. When he was twenty-nine, um, he married someone when he was twenty-nine. He married someone else when he was thirty-five. One of which was seventeen. The other one was sixteen. Wow. So, but back then the age gap was way different than it is now. True. You know. True. But he liked them."
2: He liked them young He liked around. them super young. Even
0: when he was in his 40s, he married someone that was 29. So he liked them. He liked being. What?
2: Who does that murderer? remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking no, Amy Hall. Uh, um, yeah, Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so this is bleak, but the last per- last surviving person from the film died in 2007. Oh. Um, when did
2: Charlie Chaplin pass away? 70s, maybe? Damn.
0: I don't really. I don't. I don't remember. Um, Yeah, it said, since Charlie Chaplin owned his own studio, he was able to control every aspect of the production. Mm -hmm. He could take his time and go at his own pace, spending as much time and money as he saw fit to get things done to his satisfaction. He demanded excellent from everyone working with him, but Mm -hmm. most of all, he demanded it of himself.
2: Yeah, I you know what, and that's an interesting thing that, you know, the more we talk about these movies, you know, you kind of brought it up earlier about directors and creators of these, you know, top films in our in our s- cinematic history, they've they pushed everybody around them as much as they push themselves, yeah. and I think that's why the product is just so fucking good. And that's exactly what happened with Singing in the Rain. Like just everything, yeah, Wizard of Oz, fucking, like, all these movies that yeah. are on this goddamn list, they just pushed so far. Yeah. Henry Clive
0: was originally cast as the millionaire, but when he refused to fall into the water in a necessary scene, Charlie Chaplin fired him and hired Harry Myers. However, this is, there's a little dispute on this because some sources say that Clive had a cold at the time and asked Charlie if they could wait until the sun had warmed the water before getting in. And Charlie's like, nope, bye-bye, and just fired him and replaced him with someone else.
1: <laughs> I feel like both stories yeah, yeah. are very likely. Yeah. yeah. No oh, question
0: to totally. me. Uh, a river was built at Chaplin's studio for this, which co- covered an area of five acres and cost 15000 to construct. Two streets representing a downtown business section were also constructed at a cost of 100000 Where was the river? S- oh, was the river scene where people fell in? Where he fell in. Is that? That's the river okay. scene, yeah. Uh, this marked the first time... Charlie Chopin composed the film score to one of his productions. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't doing that on the regular? No, this is the first oh. time he did it. Wow. wow. Which is pretty impressive. That's oh, crazy. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, So this movie, when it came out that year, was the fourth most popular movie at the U.S. box office. Wow. What was the other ones? Does it Doesn't know what say. The other ones were? Doesn't say. Uh, Charlie Chaplin briefly considered sixteen-year-old actress Marion Marsh for *The Blind Girl*, but was talked out of this idea by his collaborators. Mm. Probably because they're like, he likes him.
3: Just because um, you want to put it in her,
0: Charlie doesn't right. mean she's going to do the job right. <laughs> Don't mean doesn't mean you want to put her in this film. Yeah, he's like, okay. This is also like last or the the last episode we did. A uh, hundred and one or a thousand and one movies you must see before you die. It's on that list. Uh, this is hilarious. So the premiere opened in the Los Angeles Theater, which is the first time a gala premiere was held in downtown Los Angeles rather than Hollywood.
1: Mm. Yeah, because... Did you hear
0: about that whole thing?
1: So basically everyone had like a... They said like a wait and see attitude. Yeah. And so they didn't... Nobody United
0: Artists didn't want to release it, so he just did it himself.
1: Yeah, so basically what ended up happening... Talking. Yeah, they had to just use like an off a beaten path, like White Elephant Theater, to open it up.
0: He used his own money.
1: Had to he basically took over um, the theater's marketing and advertising. Half
0: page advertisement to publish. Oh, put like
1: tons of money into it, and it turned out it was a huge success. It was a huge success, but yeah, it was also a big gamble. And what's funny Good about for that? Him, man. Yeah, fuck. It's funny about Thank that. Thank you, Mental Floss, for providing information.
0: That theater was uh, brand new that they premiered it in, mm-hmm. and halfway through the film, they stopped the projection and said, "Before we finish with this comedy, let's talk talk to you about the benefits of this beautiful theater." Yeah. <laughs> Pissed Charlie Chaplin off, and he got the whole crowd to like basically like boo, boo, and Thank cause God. an uproar until the they would fuck? start the film back up.
1: Holy cow! Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Oh, what?
0: Not awesome. What
1: fucked up opportunity? Why wouldn't
2: you just do it at the start?
1: Yeah. Why would you Jesus do that Christ. in the why middle? Why would you stop?
2: Why wouldn't you through? just say thank you at That's, the very fucking end? Yeah. Especially when he when paid they feel for all
1: it. good. Yeah. He just dumped. So much money, especially for the time. So much money into advertising, marketing. He was who told that owner he that crazy. that was going to be a good
2: idea. He was
1: even like going to tabloids, telling him he had some new workout regimen, and like trying to say that he's like in the best shape of his life, and he still <laughs> got it, and like wow. all this stuff. That's so fucked up. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. And I thought they just fun. sat on
1: their asses. <sighs>
0: Yeah. I thought it'd be fun also to add some trivia about Chaplin. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Let's when he was it. 73 years old, he was 73 years old when his youngest son, Christopher Chaplin, was born. Wow. So, this dude, and he had like a lot of kids. So, my grandpa's my dad. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh,. As of 2011, he is the only person to receive a 12-minute standing ovation at the Academy Awards when he appeared to accept an honorary war- reward nice. Or honorary. So award. what we
2: see is cut. Yeah.
0: So yeah. what we saw was wow. cut. Because it was who wants to watch minutes.
1: 12 minutes of clapping? Yeah,
2: That's some powerful. St- could you imagine just being that? Like appreciated of course. I can't no, one imagine is comfortable, uncomfortable, wow. with that. Yeah. Like, oh my
0: god, you
3: guys! Can I hated you stop?
0: graduating college. Can you stop? <laughs> yeah. Can you stop doing this right huh. now? Please, please stop having. for me. Mm-hmm. If you if you love me, you'll Thank stop. You. Please. <laughs> uh this is fucked up. On March third of nineteen seventy eight, his dead body was stolen. From the cemetery. What? It took until May 18th when the police found it.
2: Where? Where did well, they find it?
0: Uh, I'm not sure, but the but after they found it from the people who robbed the grave. Why did they steal it? I don't know. F- trying to weaken it, Charlie. I love
1: you, Charlie.
0: <laughs> Weekend at Charlie's. They're like, hey, let's play some, the marionette with women- Charlie. Some chaplain. old school necrophiliac How is. Yeah. Charlie's gonna be Charlie more whimsical. whimsical. Oh, fuck, dude. Uh, but they you think
1: <laughs> his dick was hard.
2: No, you.
0: <laughs> not at
1: that didn't.
2: Point rigor mortis though for sure
1: <laughs>
0: so maybe it was in the maybe it was in the 70s when he died because that was 78 yeah so yeah. maybe he had just died but after that they basically put him put when they found his body they put him in a place where you can't steal from there
2: space. you'd have to have like oceans shot him into space oceans 15 were stealing charlie chaplin's body <laughs> my why 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 would they steal charlie chaplin that's my curiosity and then where did they were just like eh, fuck this guy he's getting boring yeah it's you like, know what i mean
0: Like, you know, we didn't think this through you guys. Can we just leave him on a bus stop? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Long after becoming a millionaire, he continued to live in a shabby hotel room and kept his studio checks in a trunk for months. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, He was 54 years old when he wed Una O'Neill when she was 17. Good for him. So he has a type. Um in all his years of living and working in the United States, he never became a US citizen. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Uh although although Adolf Hitler was not at all a huge fan, um, in fact he had been misinformed that Charlie was Jewish and therefore despised him. He was also well aware of how beloved Charlie was throughout the world at the time, and that was the reason he grew the chaplain mustache, because he thought he w- it would endear him to the people.
3: <gasps> oh, So
0: that's
2: why he grew the fucking mu- the Hitler mustache yep. that we know today is because...
0: It's really the be-
1: Charlie mustache. Yep.
2: Oh my God. I did not know that. Because you
0: fucking know when asshole. someone's talking <laughs> about murdering a bunch of
2: Jews, it's like...
0: I disagree with you, but I like you. Yeah, but you know, but you're remind, somehow somehow
1: I feel like I'm I'll feel good with you.
0: Yeah, it's like the Kirk, Kirk Cameron did, effect, where it's like you're saying hateful things, but you're super lovable looking. About. <laughs>
2: wow, <laughs> I'm so conflicted right now. So is that why I want to like you, but you're saying some nasty shit? <laughs> so is that why Charlie Chaplin did the dictator? Yeah. Ah, to
0: get back at him because of his lustre? Like, because that the source of that trivia was from uh, The Tramp and the Dictator. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. But, but if you think about it, like... My Hit- mind is just blown right yeah, now. Yeah, Hitler stole a bunch of shit for everything. He stole the, the, the swastika. Swat- yeah, that's
1: yeah. actually like some it's church like symbol or yeah, something, yeah. Yeah. isn't it?
0: Yeah, it was actually has like a nicer meaning, yeah, but has that's been what bastardized by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his whole, like, the Sig Heil salute is because he was a fan of cheerleaders. And that was, like, a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you not.
2: Wow. Yeah. So, like, he... Steal like an artist, I guess. Oh I don't know. Oh,
0: my wow. He stole
2: everything.
1: I feel like that's, wow. like, a kid, like, playing, like... I want to be like people like that. Oh, I like
0: this. Like an amalgamation of all this different stuff, like wonderful things while you're doing hateful shit. Yeah, like when kids
1: play dress up and they're like the superhero princess monster. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Dolphy. You're
0: adorable. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah.
1: Oh, Oh, uh, so I found out about the grave robbing. Yeah. So these two dudes were. down on their luck and thought that they could uh, make money off r- of
2: ransom his body?
1: Basically because and it was inspired by some where did it go? By something they read in an Italian newspaper of a similar crime. And so oh, they thought way. like that was gonna be his way. A payday. Yeah, the <laughs> payday with a dead body. Like who thinks of this shit?
0: People down people on their luck, do. apparently. Yeah.
2: Shit. <laughs> it was just like,
1: could we tried. They needed a tramp to
2: tell him not to do that.
1: We've we do literally tried everything
2: else. <laughs> God, we suck
1: at all those other things. What can we do? And I do? don't want to get a
2: real job. My mom, t- <laughs> my mom doesn't give me money every week anymore. She told me my allowance is going to go away. We got to think of something she fast. It. He's <laughs> like, I got an idea.
3: Let's steal Charlie Chaplin's body. Let's do it.
0: Oh, my God. People gosh. will pay
2: tens of dollars for it.
3: <laughs> I
2: literally was it, no if you told me like let's go steal Charlie Charlie's body and you're like I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, it's like, like oh, that's okay. my first thought like I'm
0: not Dude, digging Dude, gross.
1: Deep of a <laughs> like, Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ew.
0: Shit. So no. like, I think you'd be down for it until you uh, use the shovel like three times. You're like, dude, fuck! Like, this. I didn't like, even stretch. To I didn't do this. Like, I'm <laughs> sweating. Six feet is Can deep, someone grab man. me water? Get Jesus. a banana. I am cramping He's up heavy. like crazy. And, and even
2: if I get through <laughs> that, if even if I get through, you know, the agonizing workout that I didn't stretch for, when you open up that body and you see the crip keeper in there, I'd be like. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not touching <laughs> you know, and even if we get strong enough to pull that body out, we're dragging. Him. I'm like, touch me, touch me, ew, touch me, touch me. Yeah, I don't think I'd be worth it. <laughs> we'll give you two hundred and fifty dollars. You give me that, bar. we'll take it. Yep, <laughs> sold.
0: I would have done twenty bucks. I don't this <laughs> is stinking up my a, car. How
2: about a pastrami sandwich and a hot <laughs> cup of coffee? Huh?
0: Yeah, Can you yeah. pay for the for the my the cleaning of the inside of my car? Yeah, it's... this was disgusting. <laughs> Believe it or not, it, it smells... smells like a dead person. Right
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you run over a wreck? No, it's Charlie Chaplin. No, he's in the back. Totally, Javon. We're waiting to hear back from the police. See yeah. how much they're gonna
1: pay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Who would pay it? I'd be like,
2: he's dead, so do whatever you want with his money. <laughs> I already got his money. I don't care. eBay
0: user Charlie Chaplin for life. His bid was oh. super low. Oh. was deceptively oh low.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> I had to give him a negative user review because he's not as big of a fan as he claims to be. That's oh, super shit. misleading. <laughs> uh, a much repeated story claims that he once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and finished third. In some versions of the story, he came in second.
1: That's <laughs> third second
2: that's just good humor
1: that's just hilarious <laughs> uh
0: so interesting uh he never won an academy award for acting like we already knew but right. he did win one in the capacity of a composer it doesn't huh. say which one but that's i would
1: imagine it's not this one. Oh, it's not no
0: he didn't there wasn't nominated for anything
1: oh yeah that's right Duh.
0: um so i thought all that was kind of interesting um yeah. i
1: found one more fun fact based on our corpse idea that he was probably pretty light because he was all of five four supposedly that's I believe tiny it. but I believe it. he's like yeah, your height yeah he's well he has one inch on me but <laughs> if i stand real tall and on my toes um that's funny yeah but that makes me think because in the boxing scenes i was like those people are giants yeah, they're nope, huge he's just super he tiny. is just a little baby like a little Tom Cruise up there,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Jean-Claude Van Damme. Den-
0: <laughs> Tom
1: Cruise without a steppy stool.
0: Aww. Now, one thing that that I've known for a while, but is, isn't in anything, I'm kind of surprised that. Uh, what's his name? Jackie Chan is a huge fan of Charlie Chaplin. Doesn't oh, really? surprise me. I was gonna say, Actually, you look at a lot no, of his no. a lot of his choreography and things by yeah. very Chaplin-esque. Yeah. Totally, mm-hmm. totally agree. Evil even, even in uh what was it, Shanghai Nights, the uh-huh. sequel that was in England, uh-huh. uh, there's a scene where he's fighting on top of like in a in the street, like where they sell produce and stuff uh-huh. with like umbrellas and a lot of shit, and you just watch it and you're like, yeah. Like very mm-hmm. Chaplin-esque, yeah. Like when you know that, you can't not see it in a lot to- of this. Yeah, stuff totally. Uh
1: huh.
2: That's pretty cool, man. I could easily,
0: easily even see
1: sometimes because like how he sta- how Charlie Chaplin stands, like his legs all turned out and everything. I can I know that few times like Jackie Chan's done stuff where he like plays his legs yeah. out. Yeah, or yeah, when yeah. he falls really hard
2: and he gets up he's and like
1: and his oh. legs are out. And he's out. like yeah, walking yeah. away from it. He uh-huh. looked, he has that, like a yeah. charlie chaplin walk. That's, that's funny. so funny. That's so cool to know. So, okay, so
0: on a scale of 1 to 10, where would we place this?
1: Well, Britta? now that I know that, <laughs> <laughs> Brit has I, dude, a
2: weird fetish for <laughs>
1: <laughs> um oh dude, I almost want it. That's, like a 9.
0: Yeah, I would do nine. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, think yeah. I would have done a ten if it, nothing gets a ten, Noah. I know. Nothing's perfect. It's close but the, the to s- it. The second but not act quite. there was a couple yeah. of times that kinda threw me a little bit. Because sure. I noticed it. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing that held back yep. from the ten yep. I noticed it, was it noticeable. in my experience
1: 100%. of the movie. Not even trying to criticize, just like, oh, I feel something feels awkward, mm-hmm. and then it went away. But yeah. I
0: totally agree with this being on AFI's list as totally. high as it is. Fuck, I totally yeah. think it's number eleven on AFI's yeah. list, right? I think it totally holds up. Like, yeah, hundred percent holds
2: up. Yeah, it doesn't totally. matter. Yeah, it doesn't. I, to be honest, with you, I think you it's can... such a captivating story yeah. and performance, and I promise you, if you re-release this movie right now in theaters, it will be sold out. Well, look at the artist. Uh Fucking hipsters. The artist, (laughs) (laughs) totally. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fucking with your suspenders and your bow ties and drinking your your craft beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: the artist you're talking
0: about? I was gonna say, like the movie The Artist. I mean, that was a silent silent film. film, That was very. I didn't
1: see that because it was silent. Yeah. And now I'm like, huh, maybe. It
0: won an Academy Award. It did. It won a lot. Did you like it? it? Uh, I only saw a little bit of it, but honestly, I stayed away just because it was silent.
1: Yeah, same here. But
0: I've heard good things. I, actually, the reason I'm going to see it is because I heard the dog in it. His uh-huh. performance is excellent, <laughs> and I am uh, very much a dog fan. Where I'm like sold. Yeah, <laughs> like you. The show only reason me why we
2: do this podcast is because you like seeing my dog. Bo is the best, yeah. and I've
0: never lied to you. I've never no, misled you, you not, about you it. I'm not. like,
2: he messaged me the other day, and he just goes, "What? What, what was your dog's name again?"
0: i asked how to spell it yeah how to spell it i'm like are you making love notes to him because i need to know if i'm putting noah plus bow in a heart
2: forever <laughs> i want to spell it right on that palm tree in
0: front of our house i don't want to disrespect Bo, so i want to get his name right yeah. <laughs> if i'm getting a little bow if tattoo I'm putting noah plus bow forever yeah i want to spell it right
2: because it's forever <laughs>
1: Dude, it's true. You come into the house and you don't even say hi to us first. I do. Like, where's no, no, no. Bo?
2: I say hi. He eye contact with us. I, I don't say feel hi. the
1: love in the hi, though. I feel the like lo- feel like, hi, it's how are you like, guys, Bo! hi where's Bo? I feel, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like we get slighted. But
0: but you know what? So in, I could in, see
1: why you'd see a movie for a dog. In
0: my defense, though, I've never been misleading about that. It's true. You, you have always honest. known your place in the pecking order with Bo. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. True. It goes, but totally. Bo, like, cat. You
2: than me, <laughs>
1: maybe.
0: But seriously, like dogs, yeah, for sure. If a commercial has a dog, I will seriously consider buying it. You show me, you show me an ad for serrated anal beads. I'd be like, oh, that's fucking disgusting, and that would hurt so badly. If there's a dog in the commercial, I'm like, I'll get two. Okay, I'll buy it. Like, uh, I'll buy I'll, I won't use it, but I'll buy it because there was a dog in the commercial.
1: Oh, look at that cute dog!
2: My first yeah. question is, why is there a dog in an anal beads commercial?
1: Doesn't matter. It could just be on the side.
0: It could just be
1: there. Don't be ashamed just because you have a dog. Anal beads can be used in front of anyone at any time. (laughs) Just close your dog. Just close the door.
0: Dog doesn't. Sometimes they like to watch. Don't worry. Anal beads. (laughs) They'll call nine one one because these will for sure (laughs) fuck you up from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) You will need an ambulance guaranteed. Do not put more than six beads in asshole. (laughs) (laughs) The only commercial I will not see with the dog was the one from the Super Bowl that everyone was saying was making them cry. The one I think it was like for drunk driving or something, oh, I where love. or something where the it's having this wonderful moment with the guy and his dog and stuff, and then he dies, and the dog's like by itself and it's like, do this or don't do this because someone cares about you or what? I'm like, I'm uh, not. I've never heard about that, and that commercial. hurts
1: my stomach.
0: Right? <laughs> there's no way. But any other commercial, count me in. If there's, I'll a dog. go search for it's some so weird so ass sad. shit. But I will. Not I feel like I need that. to like. No. no why would you do to. that? That's, That's not awful. That is so awful. Wow. But yeah, so that's why I'm going to see the artist, because I hear the dog's pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. That's literally the only reason I was so like, this is not a movie I'm going to watch. And it's like, oh, there's a dog that's, that's like a major character in it. Okay, got it.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Sold. So- um, all right. So now to our time of the show where we talk about
2: Gary. Me. What's making you hard this week? What is making me hard this week? Uh, Hmm. Well, 4th of July is coming around the corner, which I'm really... Yeah, tomorrow, right? (laughs) Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I I guess I'm excited to make crawfish. So I've been really...
1: But is there anything that
2: you'd recommend to people who aren't coming
0: tomorrow, seeing as how this (laughs) comes out on Thursday, and be like, I miss crawfish? (laughs) (laughs) Is, Is there anything
2: that you could recommend? Do you recommend Neon Demon? Yeah, you know, I... Yeah, actually, because that, that was like the last thing that I did see when I sat down at theaters. Actually, my wife and I were going to go see uh, Swiss Army Man tonight, Ooh, which I'm really excited about. And I'll bring a report back from that. It just looks so good. But yes, I would recommend going to see Neon Demon. But if you're going to go see Neon Demon, go in it. Don't watch trailers. Don't try to like go in with assumptions. Just Just sit down and just appreciate it for what it is and try to... Um, be engaged Just on what's in be, the screen.
0: Be in the moment,
1: in yeah. the experience, in the
2: experience of what's actually happening. Because it's a really, really unique piece of cinema that you don't get to see very often. Um, and if you go in with like a preconceived ideas, and you know this isn't what you're stereotypically used to, because it's not a fucking Marvel movie, or you know it's not a superhero movie by any means. It's really good though.
0: So, Neon Demon is not a Marvel comic book no, character. It is not.
2: Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be. It sounds like a pretty badass, like eighties. Well, the the storyline is really interesting because it's basically about a young girl who is just getting into the modeling world. Okay. Um, and it's just her her rise, and I, I don't want to give it away because there's some really cool her shit that happens. Experience in that experience industry through that industry, and just you know, it kind of takes a David Fincher appeal to the overall story. So it gets really, it gets kind of dark mm. and it's very methodical in the way that the scenes are structured. I, I, I could talk about, I can do a whole thing on this, this film. It was uh, it was really masterfully done, so I'd recommend it. Greta, what's
0: making you hard this
1: week? So um, I unintentionally watched Spotlight. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't see it until the other day. Um, and I'd heard that it was kind of like, that It didn't really deserve the awards it won, all that, that kind would, of stuff. You probably heard
0: me say that. <laughs> oh, it's possible.
1: Um, and I kind of figured, like, oh, yeah, like that's a dark story, it's a big deal, you know. The report, majorly
0: significant, yeah, it's yeah. so it's like in, oh, yeah,
1: totally. And like, you know, we all associate the Catholic Church now with molestation, <laughs> um, but. Actually, I thought it was super good. When I didn't know, Gary had started watching it without me and I didn't know what he was watching. And I thought it was a documentary. That's how real, that's how good the acting was even with these ancillary characters of just like the victims or whatever. Totally. So I actually, there were some scenes that I could be like, maybe Gary was like, oh my God. And I was like, "Huh." but I still thought that um, especially because a lot of times in those movies, those those extra characters that are super important don't necessarily show up to play mm. as well, and they really did. That I I really believed actually some of the. Ac- some of the non-main characters more than I did the main characters. Oh, totally.
0: Well, the main characters were basically there just to make... Yeah, oh, conduits. that's interesting yeah. to the interviews of the people who... Yeah, I almost feel like stuff.
3: they
1: weren't the main characters. And, and
2: I love that they used a lot of no-name actors in those supporting character yeah. pieces. Dude, some of those actors just phenomenal mm-hmm. throughout that entire film.
1: Yeah, so it, I think from that standpoint, I was, I was very impressed because I expected it to be like to be very disappointed and that it, it wouldn't really impact me. But it did. By the end, like, it was over, and we were going to watch, what is it, Bob Ross, the painting yeah, guide to uh. make ourselves feel better. <laughs> yeah. But I made Gary stop to, like, take pause, to take a moment because mm-hmm. it's so... Because ultimately, the movie's goal is not for me to just love someone's performance, right. but for me to feel whatever that story is or their message, and I right. absolutely did. Even though it's something that's very... That it's not like a new thing to oh, know but we about. We didn't
0: really know how all that came to be out there. Yeah. We just kind of totally. took it for granted that it right. was all exposed as yeah. opposed to like these people had to make a conscious, Choice. detailed effort yeah. to get it out there and all the shit that,
2: that, that everybody
0: knows. didn't want this to come out. Right. I mean, just systematically, all these people saying, please don't do it. This isn't good. This is bad press. You're going to ruin all this stuff. And it's like the brotherhood of Boston. Just how big it kept getting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The systemic issue. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that um, as. I think the movie did its job really well. Sure. And that it's some it's not like a feel it's not a feel good movie by no, any means, no. but it is I think that it's worth a watch.
2: And it wasn't even a movie by the very end of it like you felt like vindicated for all the bullshit that you found out, you know? It was you were happy that they released the information, at least on my for me. Like that wasn't a movie that ended and I was like, "Oh, good for them." It was yeah. like a movie that was like, "Fuck, dude. That was a really tough choice that they made and they did it anyway. Well,
1: yeah, I felt very inspired as like, yeah, I felt inspired by what it took for them to do that. Yeah. And the action, some of the, some of the things that the actors say that I like, I just don't have that type of, I'm not that person that, Mm -hmm. that gives up the pleasures of life for the common good. Yeah. I just, I, I'd be a miserable human being that way but um it was very inspiring to see what dedication to in the face of just like no one agreeing just so much obstacles and to continue to push on mm-hmm. regardless that was
2: and it was cool. nice too to see that those people had the support to to keep doing that yeah mm-hmm. cuz his you know the boss that came in and stuff uh that guy could have easily been all right, well, we're getting too deep. You know, don't do this, don't do that. These types of things, like everybody around them was supporting them Mm
0: -hmm. consistently,
2: you know, so and yeah. I'd like to think that when people go
0: into journalism this is the type of shit that they at least initially want to do yeah. as opposed to like Amber Rose once had her finger up Kanye's butthole like that's, <laughs> the, that's, that's real more real the Noah. shit that yeah. you hear now versus like hard hitting
1: news. news yeah
0: Best, not know. that
1: like old school style you
0: don't have that you don't even with when it comes to politics a lot of that shit is just the press release Fluff. from the administration that's handed mm-hmm. to them that they make into some sort of each one has their own narrative CNN's gonna Spin it one way, Fox is going to spin it another yeah. way, right. and you don't have those people actually investigating that shit. Yeah,
1: it's a uh, Trump is orange, Hillary yeah. Clinton looks fat today, yeah. you know. Like- she her
0: emails and Benghazi, <laughs> blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> as you opposed know. to things that matter, yeah. yeah.
0: I was well, supposed you know to it. dig in deeper. Uh, what's making me hard this week is the second season of Fargo. Oh, oh I haven't even seen the first shit. season. Oh, you have to. Yeah. It's, it's worth you it, really? You have to. It's way better than the film. What?
2: what?
0: Way better. Both no. of the seasons are
1: all
2: right i guess we got
0: a new show we gotta watch like billy bob thornton i've never been that big. i have chills
1: at the idea that that that's possible right no joke
0: like honestly (laughs) when people when i hear people saying that that no reboot or remake has been good i'm like the show fargo Fargo." and the two most recent planet of the apes movies prove that you're lying because those are way better than they had any intention to be sure like Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes are freaking amazing yeah. Yeah.
3: versus the I source material is like holding. way better. Mm-hmm. Way
2: better than the source material. Sure. Um and then Fargo is just so so good. so good. Well, you're not the only person that's told me that, but I haven't been in I haven't seen anybody as excited as you are about it. Oh, it's so good. So, I guess we got a
0: new show may,
1: Yeah, I will I yeah. will give that a try. And I
2: I have I mean, I have
0: them if you want to borrow them. We got them. Oh, you have them? Yeah, we got them. Nice. So, yeah, I can't, we'll wait, watch to, can't wait to.
2: There's just back so much stuff to watch yeah. on. You, man. Oh, this is why true. I like doing like this little scenario yeah. because it's like, well, what the fuck do I watch? It? What's it's worth my worth lifetime? Yeah, yeah, because honestly. Especially shows, man, because you're, you're, 36 so many. hours of your life are going to go towards watching a fucking show. There's so show, many. You know? And for
0: me, because there's so much, I'm actually really excited when I don't like a show. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, that's one less thing. Because yeah. for me, I'm not a fan of. never, I couldn't get into True Blood. Saw the first season of all of these. True Blood. I only wanted to Game see of Anna Packard's boobs, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, "I'm done with oh, the show." Oh
1: yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I'm not into Game of Game Thrones. Game of Thrones. Either. Watched
0: the whole first season. Not for me. Mister Robot. There's like a twist halfway through. I'm like, mm, I'm not buying it. So for me, the show didn't work at all. Yeah. Um. A lot of shows like that. Where it's like, not really my thing. So I do get excited when it's like I finally find one that's worth <laughs> it. And Fargo's that for sure. All right. Um. Yeah. And, and I was nervous. Dude, I
1: am. We'll start. Excited. <laughs>
0: I was nervous because the first season of Damages, I don't know if you've seen that show. Mm-mm. The first season is literally perfect. Perfect. The second season, major disappointment. So when the second season of Fargo came out, I was so nervous because I love the first season so much. But I'm telling you, the second season's amazing.
1: That's. Ho- I feel uh, like a lot of second seasons suck. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then exactly. the third season's good again, but you have to get through it. And like, yep. I hate. I don't want to get through. It, yeah. I don't want to waste eleven hours of my life. That's right. why I won't watch
2: The Wire like, because there's like, well, season five fucking sucks, but you just got to get through it. <laughs> you get through the other stuff. I'm just like, well, I want to. I don't want to feel like can I, I
0: just skip?
1: Yeah, watching like. shows is not a life requirement. Yeah. yeah, but it is nice when you get to watch something good. I
0: know. I know. And there's so much stuff. It's nice to know what's you know. It's nice to find something that you can grab onto. Sure. Dude, Super. that's rad. I'm so excited. I highly recommend Fargo. All right, cool. Awesome. So, what plugs do we have?
2: I don't really have much plugs. I mean, you guys can follow me on Instagram at LJonesy or Twitter at HeyJonesy. And uh, my uh, show, Time Out, just got into the Long Beach Film Festival. Congrats. So thank you. So I think it's in August, but they haven't released any firm dates yet. I'll be living there at that time. So we'll, you know, I got got an extra VIP pass too. So we'll, uh, we can probably do something like that. It'll be really fun to go check out some films there. Um, uh, I think we're nominated for Best Web Series. Cool. Yada, yada. So if you guys still want to check out the show, timeoutseries.com, you guys can check it out there. I have a
1: plug surprisingly.
2: Oh. Burring it.
1: Uh so one of my very good friends her husband just opened a brewery this oh, weekend yeah, in the lovely yeah. San Diego. Yeah, it has, was has just a great Viking theme. It's called Longship Brewery. They have a great website. I don't remember it's, what is it?
2: Longshipbrewery.com. Oh, that's easy. It's so so, easy. Super easy. Um I know, right?
1: Yeah, I recommend you go in. It has a great chill space. Uh the Lovely Mr. Multi talented Gary Jones did all their branding and their website. So thank you, thank you. It looks like a bust, anyways. Yeah, go check it out.
2: Cool. Yeah, we were there last night. Uh, they had they just opened the first, so it's it was fun to be there. It's uh, it's catching its stride. Good beers, good environment, good people too. It's always a big thing. Good times. Yeah, so. sounds awesome. Yep,
0: yeah. you. For me, just have my Twitter at the Noah Kinsey, Instagram Noah Kinsey. Um, and obviously, we have UFR Podcasts on Twitter, UFR Podcast, Facebook, Facebook. website UFRpodcast.com, okay, And uh, definitely subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. That really helps, really us, helps us out. out. Um, but other than that, that's all I have. And all of those, as well as you know, your stuff, and we can also do the the brewery as well. It will be in the description notes whoop whoop. for the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Bretta, for joining us. Thanks yeah. for having me. It was, very was fun. very exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Great film to watch. Next week, we will be talking about the Disney animated Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh gosh.
1: I'm wishing.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.